Everybody and welcome to episode 232 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined this week by my uh, secretive co-hosts Peter and Jake. That's right. And this week we're coming at you with the uh, visual virtual novel shopping simulator edition of the cast. That's right. We're coming out with an official Saturn Studs licensed shopping simulator where where you only shop for visual novels online mm. it's the most immersive one in europe this it's not coming out to us <laughs> yeah peter went behind uh, our back on the sponsorship deal uh i thought we we agreed that we had to you know bring these up and ratify them by at least a three-fifths margin <laughs> oh hey hey gladys kill peter <laughs> Okay. <laughs> don't. don't uh, Everything's normal. Everything's it's already been, fine. guys, it's already been Steam greenlit. It's already in beta. <laughs> and I've already had a public controversy and I've had to close down the game. <laughs> it's very quick life. Peter owns Amazon, I guess. <laughs> we'll get into that later. And of course, as always, we're coming at you live from the secret entrance to the Vought Tower to see who we cross paths with. Will it be uh, some secretive villains bringing in college applicants to sleep with? Which is totally illegal. Co-eds. <laughs> They're co-eds. They're legal. They're 18. They were co- <laughs> if you caught that, he was like... He was like, we would bring in college co-eds. And she was like, really? He's like, well, they were applying. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the best way. I think that's a, that's a good argument around, like, underage. <laughs> getting, really, getting really close there to the uh, that timeline. That, I was 18 timeline. when I applied for colleges. They can be 17 now. Just well, in some states, that's legal. <laughs> early application, early applicants, so what they want. <laughs> they were thinking about what college they want. Um, so we watched uh, all of the boys, or the have boys. been watching the boys, and we finished that up with all of this, you, uh, I presume. So yeah. uh, it's uh, it's it's time to do the talking. We didn't want to do it before the season was finished because that. <laughs> That seemed like it would have aged poorly, <laughs> and uh, yeah. knowing as how the season has gone, I would say that's it's likely a good call on our part. We're, yeah. we're not red letter media where we can spin an hour out of two episodes and then do yeah. that every couple weeks for a whole season. We here at the Saturn Sods, we pride ourselves on on giving you a full in depth review on movies and media that we have fully watched. And, and we we'll, would never, would never once award anything and, that we hadn't watched. And review and critique something based off just other people's critiques and reviews. Or just, you know, like even a three-minute segment or snippet of yeah. such media. We would never yeah. go to the level to review anything like that. Anyway, we let's never- move on to Trey Watch, <laughs> our trailer review and roundup segment. <laughs> Where we watch dehydrated movies now known as trailers uh but before we get into that we do actually have a little bit of 
paperwork to take care of here, and that is to shout out the Ramble Road Podcast. It's your weekly look into all the crazy things going down on this planet. Hosts Jacob, Joe, Finley, and Paul take you through all the news from their lives and the world around them and have a great comedic-filled time as they do so. Make sure to follow them at road underscore ramble on Twitter and subscribe to the YouTube channel Ramble Road Podcast. So uh, now my only question here is it Finley with an EY or is it Findlay? It's Finlay. Nice voice. Gotcha. I appreciate a Finley in any variety. I appreciate the multitude of Finleys that are out there. Uh, Chuck. Um, others. Dave. Glad to know there's another Jacob around. We're coming up He's, in numbers. Yeah, guys. we uh, <laughs> we missed a couple on the purge. Uh, but <laughs> we've, 1994, number one name of the year. We've we've made some uh, we've made some adjustments to the Hunter Killers AI, and we're we're very hopeful that the second round here is going to get them all. We just edged out all the mics. <laughs> mics had been holding that spot for the longest time. Well, I'm sure the Mike Tyson being in prison thing kind of you know hurt that name a little bit. What's I don't know the most what popular boy's the... name. This year, I don't right. know. Fucking snowflake, safe space. <laughs> I'm here. I have to be here milking this imaginary cow, so I can't look it up. I need someone. I need one of you guys to do it. I got it. <laughs> Number one boy name 2019. Because 2020, as you know, is not over. It is it Oliver. We're just Oliver. waiting. A hundred trending baby names of 2020 is Oliver. Uh, girls' names is Charlotte. And then Liam, Ethan, and Aiden. Mm-hmm. Both spellings Wait, of Aiden. Aiden. Both Where's spellings. The they, oh, well, no. That's A-I-D-E-N versus A-I-D-A-N. Oh, there's no A-Y-D-E-N or a D-Y-N. So I th- I think those those paper the numbers there because that's two different spellings they're combining into one entry. I I don't approve of this. Um, well, everyone knows that the um, the isomorphs of Hayden, Jaden, Jackson those are those are high variability. There's a there's a there's a wide distribution on the <laughs> spellings for that name, uh, just because of the letter Y. Like white moms in the '90s saw the letter Y and they're like. We can just put this anywhere. <laughs> we'll just put it everywhere. Unlimited power. It's like fairy lights. You can just put them anywhere and it's just instantly like, it's mine now. <laughs> it's that is so true. Holy shit. Because like Brian works with that. Mm. Technically a Jake could work with that. J-A-Y-K-E. That'd be cancerous to look at. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Would hate it. <laughs> Would change my name. <laughs> Uh, 2019 was Liam, Noah, Oliver, and William. Oh, uh, Ollie, surgeon to take the top spot. Liam, Noah, Oliver definitely sounds like a comedy newscaster's name. <laughs> Mostly because it's half Oliver. Trevor Noah and half yeah. John Oliver. Three first names. <laughs> Never trust the man with three first names or two last names. Yeah. If someone has three last names, that's pretty much they're an alien. You should you should alert the Pentagon. I want I want Ezra and Thurgood to come back. 
think you're gonna be waiting on that, just like we're gonna be waiting on <laughs> these trailer reviews. No, no, no! I want to go back to Thurgood. What the fuck? Like the marshal, the greatest judge the world has ever seen. I'll, I'll have a talk with you afterwards, uh, sir. Um, Your name choices. <laughs> So Boy, we got trailers or some shit. Yeah, we got a lot of them. We got eleven. <laughs> God. First they're up, really, they're, they've they've gotten into the verve now. They <laughs> they now know their new distribution model, so they're just gonna fucking turn them out. Um, we've got news of the world up first. It's Tom Hanks and a girl who doesn't speak a lot of English as they travel west with a newspaper and uh, avoid marauders. Wonderful wow. Christmas movie. Uh, speaking of Christmas movies, this is the season for Christmas trailers, apparently, even though it's spooky season. But <laughs> we've got some great Christmas-themed fare. Um, Fat Man is a movie I'm very looking forward to. Do one of you have your phones near your microphones or speakers? Maybe. Because I kind of hear like Funny. what sounds like phone interference. <laughs> My phone is currently I'm, supplying the Wi-Fi for my entire house right now. Okay, that was definitely what it was, and that's gotten now. That's probably what it was, yeah. A signal coming off of that. Yeah, because I was I was hearing it, I was like, this is driving me nuts, and if it's driving me nuts, it's going to drive the audience nuts, and I don't want to have to spend all day fixing that. I don't know why. I guess because my mic isn't feeding back into my headphones. Otherwise, I wouldn't really be able to talk at all. That sounds that's a good thought. Sounds like you should get some All new right. headphones for at least the recording. Um, what? <laughs> so all you have to do is plug it into your uh, box. Headphones into the box. No, I don't want to hear my myself speak when I talk because then I no. But it's it's no words. it's no latency. It's like you hear the words as you say it. Jake and I do it. Yeah, yeah, I think this one does weirdos. It. Oh. it sounds weird at first, but then you get used to it. Internalize it. Um, okay. Anyway, Fat Man. <laughs> Fat Man, yes, please. Let's talk about Fat Man. Because when I first started watching this trailer, I was like, oh, wow, Mel Gibson in like a... a like a... A Rambo ripoff, yeah. Rambo style, like, oh, he's going to kill somebody. And then I'm like, wait, what the fuck? Why is he threatening a post office man to tell him where Santa is? Oh my god, Mel Gibson Santa. <laughs> yeah, it took me halfway through to realize that's what was going on, too. I was so happy. <laughs> and I was like, why is this kid freaking out over a lump of coal? So fucking talking? Artemis Fowl over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Calls up the guy from the fucking unicorn on CBS to go kill Mel Gibson, who's playing Santa in this story. And when I watched, first off, starts off the Saban Films logo. That's how you know it's going to be just mint. Um, but Yeah, where's the tie-in with Power Rangers? Saban doesn't own them anymore. It's Hasbro now. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Them. So now we can get fuck Megazord, our Megazord magic cards, Jake. You can finally have Megazords fighting I'm Transformers. Going to kill myself. In Black no. Borders. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, this is nuts. I thought Rogue was going to be the silliest trailer I saw 
in all of 2020. But here comes Mel Gibson out of the bullpen, bringing in the 99-mile-per-hour heater right down the middle of the plate with Fat Man. Like, Jesus Christ, this is... I, I, if you had told me that this was a movie in any other year, I'd be like, no, not a chance. But in this fucking hellscape where anything's possible, 2020, we have Fat Man. And honestly, from the tone of the trailer, it seems like it keeps that fa- that pace of like, that gritty sort of like they're playing action. it straight just, it's taking itself they're, they're seriously just saying they're literally just saying okay an assassin hired by a child who has the child also has access to guns so i'm pretty sure he's gonna go after fat man as well um better be a fucking goes there after better be a showdown Santa where mel Claus. gibson kills a kid i hope so i want it like slow and painful too i want him to like squeeze the life out of his tiny little neck and it zooms and in on his light. eyes as the light goes out. <laughs> no, he's going to cramp his style. Like he's going to put his his uh, Santa sack over the kid's head and fucking <laughs> yeah. rot him out. Whoa, his Santa sack? That's right. He's going to give Santa's him a Roman helmet. He's going to sack on a little kid. <laughs> he's going to give the kid a Roman helmet. <laughs> a teabag of kid. Jesus Christ. Um... No, Santa drinks then, hot cocoa. He doesn't drink tea. He's like, uh, Mel Gibson's like, you think you're the first one to come get me or some of like that? And it's like, God damn it. Why is this Santa so badass? I think this is going to put Passion of the Christ to shame. Yeah. We, this is going to be Mel Gibson's finest work. Peter and I were like, Mel Gibson went from directing a movie about Jesus to uh, playing Santa in 14 years. I think that's that's got to be a record for that, I would imagine. Tim Allen's got nothing on this. Yeah. <laughs> 2020 is the fever dream that we all hoped for. Uh, the, this is actually the Santa Claus 4, where the Santa Claus is now a hit contract. <laughs> <laughs> the Santa Claus 4, locked and loaded. Can we have Into the Santaverse, where, uh, like, fucking... Oh my God. Mel, Man Santa. Mel Gibson Santa, Tim Allen Santa, Bill Goldberg's murderous Santa from Santa's sleigh. <laughs> All, all like either fight or team up <laughs> to decide who's the one true Santa. Wonderful. Make it happen, Hollywood, into the Santaverse. <laughs> That's carnage. So you know you want year. to. <laughs> I I want that movie so bad in my life. I would really just settle for the crossover where uh, Bill Goldberg, Santa from Santa Slay. Tries to kill Mel Gibson Santa from this movie, Fat Man, and it's like Predator <laughs> in the North Pole. And Tim Wait, and Santa what if we could actually have like, Predator? Because remember, they crashed in the South Pole, right? Wasn't that a Predator versus Alien? I, Something like that? I don't. Oh, um, the original AVP Alien versus Predator was like. Took place in Antarctica. Yeah. That's where they found the first... That's where they found the one temple. Under the ice. So, opposite sides of the poles. Opposite sides of the conflict. You start first act. You establish the two Santas and the Predator. Second act. Santas fight. Third act. Santas fight team up to fight the Predator. <laughs> you go around and the world. And then they open the, uh, the tunnel. 
the warp tunnel that's in the, the in each of the poles, and then that it's just uh, a stargate the with the center of the universe. It's the world's it's lamest the stargate where you just walk to the other pole. <laughs> funny you say that, Jay. Funny you say that, Kirk, because there is a stargate buried in the Siberian tundra in the show. I'm sure. I have no doubt. Um, it's actually there. So. Mank is the next trailer. Uh, it's it's shot in old style and it looks it looks kind of neat and Gary Oldman is really trying to to get another Oscar being completely unrecognizable from his default state once again. <laughs> default skin, <laughs> the default like, Gary Oldman skin. Have we like ever? Gary Oldman goes home at the end of the day and just his his real blue skin comes out. Yeah, have we established that he's not Mystique or fucking Doppelganger? <laughs> no, you can't. No one's poked his blood for, for Doppelganger traits. Um, real Doppelganger traits. <laughs> the woman I breed with are clean, and they're real Doppelganger traits. <laughs> I breed them all. I got Doppelgangers, I got Halflings. <laughs> I keep them in tubes. <laughs> And in plastic bag. Um, so yeah, uh, it's coming to Netflix. Mank, David Fincher, back again. That's cool. That'll be cool to watch. Actually. Oh, actually, it's, yeah, okay. So it's about the uh, uh, Herman Jane Mankiewicz and as he's racing to finish Citizen Kane, which is uh, definitely something that they've drawn inspiration from with the way this movie is shot. And uh, the the scenes of him on on the bed kind of give you off that beginning of Citizen Kane vibe. So uh, this this should be good. I actually think it looks kind of neat. And uh, you know, David Fincher and Gary Oldman, how go wrong with that? It'll join the illustrious ranks of um, these kind of movies alongside you know the Disaster Artist. Dolomite is my name. And of Ed course, uh, Triple Frontier. Hubie Halloween. Yeah. All those great. All those great Netflix oh. specials. The Irishman. Hubie Halloween. Oh, I was I was referring specifically <laughs> yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, I know. I know. But I said, <laughs> and of course, Triple Frontier, because I wanted to make that joke as soon as you said it would join the ranks of. But I let you go on too long. <laughs> That's right. You got to cut me off quicker. Just like with my... my several addictions uh next up we have half brothers a mexican man's father leaves him and he goes to to meet his half brother and he's wild and crazy but at the end of the movie they're gonna be best friends and he's gonna be the best he's man at his, at his wedding two brothers in three days they're gonna be just just two brothers but <laughs> just but these brothers have an edge <laughs> <laughs> These brothers have a have a strong a bond. Father. Their father is dying, and they go they go on a scavenger hunt. And then and the yeah, tomato people hunt. attack. <laughs> and they have to find the keys before it's too late. And grandmas, grandmas married. come down from the sky. <laughs> that was the that was probably the the peak of Rick and Morty right there. It totally it was. was. Yeah. Two brothers. Yeah. yeah. And then it just the two brothers. And it was all slowly problems. collapsed like a flan in a cupboard. <laughs> have, have any of us watched season four? I haven't. Um, 
I think I watched yeah. the first episode of season yeah. four, and I was Is that like, the "One with the train." It's pretty good. And then I uh, didn't watch any more of it. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like my the time where Rick and Morty was a thing in my life that I cared about is over. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think what they're trying to do is um, get away from the, um, like, what is it? Serial, uh, serial, serialized, serialized. Uh, episodes yes. of it because it was like that with like evil. Season Morty. three was they were very yeah because like, like evil Morty they were like here's this overarching plot that we all want to see the end of, um, and I think that kind of took away from the tone of the the original show's uh, a luster that it had, and then uh, I think they're gonna make it more episodic now. I feel like that's how of... Justin Roiland series always go, like with Solar Opposites, where that fucking that wall C plot, like just fucking became the show <laughs> that that is amazing i i think that i think that wall c plot is a better show than the show i think that is probably one of the best episodes that i've seen from anything in a long time yeah, ever just... ever made uh horizon line trailer has a uh, a Rick and Morty tie-in. It's related. Keith David plays the pilot who has a heart attack, and he's in episodes of Rick and Morty. <laughs> Rick and Morty. Wait, Horizon Keith David. Line wait, is it live crossover? action? Keith David. Yes, it's live action. I don't think I've Keith ever David. seen. I feel like I have never seen live action Keith David. He's in a few episodes of Community. He, his, uh, he kind of looks like his voice, but. I don't know. He, he he looks a little bit goofier than I would imagine. I now need to see Keith David, his his photo. I mean, Keith like... Keith David, send me your pictures. He's always going to be Captain Anderson from Mass Effect to me. So, like, I visualize him looking like that. But he doesn't... Oh, yeah, wow. He really does look like his voice. I gotta say. But a little goofier, right? Just a little. Only a little bit. I like the, I like the stripe he's got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got the tuft of gray in the middle. So, yeah. uh, why didn't she just turn back on autopilot? Because it's broken, Doesn't Jake. Fly the plane. <laughs> <laughs> it's broken because the plot says it needs to be broken. Uh, but yeah, there a couple are on a on a small plane, and the pilot has a heart attack and dies, and the autopilot's broken. Neither of them can le- land the plane. They're running out of fuel. They find a tower, and then there's a storm, and it's the acting is terrible. <laughs> it's too big to go around. You have to go through the storm, Jack. I feel like that was that was. I remember hearing that line on an episode of Star Trek Voyager. These are the final lines of the trailer. And I will try to, as best I can, deliver them in the same manner as they were delivered in the trailer. Okay, here we go. That's our shot. No going back. Let's get off this plane. (laughs) The acting. I know what it is. They're about to go into an exciting action sequence. But to me. The last three. That line sounds like that's the end of the movie. Yeah, Let's that's, that's in the tr- <laughs> You forgot Mayday. 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 <laughs> yeah, they... 
as they're plummeting to their death. These actors want to be literally anywhere else. <laughs> they want to get off this plane. I mean, they're they're going. They went to method. They so, went to method on this. Yeah, they've been on a plane for a month now. As somebody, as somebody who's actually flown a plane, I have also okay. flown a plane. This is unrealistic. As the only Saturn Studs member <laughs> who has actually flown a plane by themselves in a real plane in the air. Now, I I don't know a lot about you, Jake. I I do you have your pilot's license? <laughs> no. Oh, I was like, where, I've, I was I was ready to believe it. I'm I'm an optimistic man, Jake. My, I believe that somehow in your college <laughs> career you were able to fit in the hours required to you, get your pilot's license. You in can Alfred. you can fit in your you can fit in your pilot's license before you're 16 in New York. Um, uh, you could you could get it before your actual license. Yeah, it's just a fuck ton of hours and expensive. Yeah, my stepdad has his pilot's license, so I also have flown a plane in the air. Uh, sure. Yeah, it's real, real interesting to bring up right after I brought up the fact that I just flew a plane. I don't even fucking have Microsoft. That's flight real simulator. <laughs> Microsoft flight simulator is our game. Yes, it is my real name. <laughs> um, I am not storm fronting you. <laughs> fake news. That's a deep it, fake. Those are de- clearly deep fake pictures. <laughs> yeah, this move. This fucking show in like five years is gonna look so fucking dated <laughs> yeah it, it looks it, dated it, now we will talk about all this it's not how memes, memes. my only thing is that's not how memes work guys it's not how memes work didn't you like the little meme at the end <laughs> just got run over by a car because um, memes Promising Young Woman trailer two. It's a it's a Me Too movie. <laughs> all that's, right, that's next all movie. I have to say about it. <laughs> it's a Christmas movie too, which is weird because it's like, ugh. Well, the Jews got to do something on Christmas. <laughs> uh, not me because all the regal cinemas are closing up. Chinese food and in uh, the movies. That's that's a Jewish Christmas for you. Um, I want to have a wait, Jewish Christmas one time. I'm not. No. One of these years, I'm going to turn my my normal Christmas into a Jewish Christmas, and go to the movies and have Chinese food. <laughs> so now we can do that at home to appropriate their culture. It was all a plot by Amazon Prime. People <laughs> thought that they were going to ruin Christmas. No, Jeff Bezos' secret plan was to he had a war on Jewish Christmas. <laughs> You can destroy going outside on Christmas. You have to have them stay at home and order Alexa Chinese food. Yeah, what's next, Jeff Bezos? You're going to buy up all the Chinese restaurants and turn them into Amazon warehouses? (laughs) (laughs) Just tiny Amazon warehouses that are efficient as fuck? They come with flavor. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Bezos. Pretty sure if you buy, like, the deed... To the property that a Chinese restaurant's built on, like the actual the people kids. who are in there are tied to it. That's it how comes. that's how they can afford it with no real collateral because they're immigrants who are here possibly illegally. <laughs> no, I think the, I remember? think it's the opposite. I think the only reason they haven't all been fucking bought out is because of the kids that they have working at every Chinese restaurant behind the counter. 
as soon as they, they get into a warehouse, you at the labor department, it's like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> well, if they're working at a Chinese restaurant, no, no, no. <laughs> no. No, nah, that's they fine. Can, it's a family assembly. They're not going to ring a bell. They're going to use the steam whistle. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. You're done, Amazon. I fucking... We've come for you at last. <laughs> Why are they old-timey investigators? <laughs> I'm a private dick, you see. <laughs> You see, we finally got you, Amazon. We've backed you into a corner, played you at your own game. As Jake's camera no. desperately hunts for focus. <laughs> ah, where am I, camera? Wait, um, if, do you wait remember- if Jeff's trying to throw people off his trail, if an investigator comes to his place and he said he doesn't want them looking around, does he tell them to mine their own bays wax? We can only hope. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um... Do you remember the little girl at uh, Panda back in Alfred? Yes. That would uh, work at the Get into shouting <laughs> matches with her parents. Tablet homework girl? Yeah. Get into shouting matches with her parents. We were there once. I don't remember if you were there, Jake, but was, at least Chris, Kirsten, <sighs> Dave, and I were there, and she was getting into this really heated argument with her parents and, like, really loud shouting, and I'm like, you know, I'm no expert, but I think she's upset. <laughs> and for whatever reason, that just hit different and Kirsten like fell into her fucking food laughing. She would, I feel like she would always yell at them like, are y'all going to suss my chicken? She'd turn around and be like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> just yell back at them, scream at them what our order is. There's the no, fucking, it's like, that's the what I love like the, the worn out dad's like, all right. Fucking slaving fucking over right. his giant ass walk. <laughs> Pulls out another another block. Tupperware, uh, another fucking Rubbermaid tin <laughs> or a fucking bucket of of frozen fried wontons. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fucking warehouse was behind the kitchen in that place. Dude, they were efficient. They did it. Wait, terrible Chinese food, trailer, but yeah, terrible Chinese. All right, before we go on to the next, I have one more question. Did any of you ever go into that bathroom? Oh God, no. I did. Once. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It I had no mirror. I, yeah, I don't yeah, think no, it had I, toilet paper. I've fallen paper. asleep in that mirror or <laughs> in that bathroom. <laughs> I. <laughs> so you you know my thing, right? Where like I fall asleep in bathrooms a lot. <laughs> no. <laughs> I learned. I'm learning today. <laughs> Did you fall asleep in the in the panda bathroom? No, I think this yeah. was before and, your AEU and days. The BBs. <laughs> and uh, and the BBs. Okay, so. So I think yeah, maybe this was back when I was like freshman, sophomore, and I did it a cup once, once or twice maybe as a junior senior. Um, so that would be my AU days. So when I would get really, really drunk, um, I would usually end up going out to get food late at night at Panda or BB's. Um, and if I was really drunk and I was like feeling a little, you know, sick to my stomach. Uh, I would then go to the bathroom to preemptively, like, just be there so I don't throw up all over the floor, whatever. Um, that usually turned into me laying on the toilet because I have no care in the world for germs or anything like that. And I would just fall asleep. (laughs) And there was one time at Panda in particular where I think we came in there at like 1.32 a.m. And I was out of my mind drunk and 
I ordered my food and went into the bathroom before I even got my food was like, I might be sick, fell asleep for like an hour and a half while my friends ate food. And then they called me like three separate times. <laughs> Knocked on the door. They were like, Jake, they're closing. We gotta get you out of there. They're kicking us out. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. Never puke. I didn't, I didn't get sick. I, I, puke I'm not I was a bitch, just like scared. If I, I know, was bitch. Going to. Um, yeah, I, I blacked out. Several times, but like a homing pigeon, I always made my way back. <laughs> See, my my homing, my, my mind was like, find a toilet. This is home now. Find a toilet and fall asleep. Fucking drunk walks back home are the easiest thing to do. You could be ten miles away in the wilderness, and you're like, all right, fucking go, I'll walk, whatever. My brain just shuts off, and I go on auto. Yeah, it was only one time ever in all my legendary days at AU that I ever needed help back and it was of course freshman year when I didn't quite have my sea legs quite yet and it was like I was so fucking hammered we were walking back to midnight and I would have been fine but it just started to snow so everything was like just a little bit slippery and I like fell twice and like okay I need a hand <laughs> carry me back <laughs> There are many good memories of me wiping out, just walking around that campus. I'm pretty sure I've slipped and like pulled my back muscle, <laughs> trying to catch myself. Like, oh, oh ah, <laughs> fuck you, Alfred, and your no salt priorities. And then there's a fucking, uh, oh man, that King Alfred statue. Yep. So, so many, pants. so many bodily fluids have been released on that. I remember the time somebody got pissed that they dressed it up as uh, Trump, mm -hmm. and people were like, how disgraceful that they would deface a statue like this. I'm like, panties and bras are regularly put on this. Dude, I fucking peed on that statue like eight times. <laughs> Did anyone ever take that was my thing, thing, right? That was, yeah, public urination was, yeah. was drunk Kurt's legacy at hate <laughs> 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 <Hey>, you. <laughs> And then, look at that cop. I'm gonna go pee down. <laughs> all I have to claim to fame is I just buy, I would buy the fucking frozen food. Yeah, you would order food at Alex's. You were the only person I ever know who did that. You you ordered a hot pocket while we were playing dominoes at the end of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. It was amazing. <laughs> How are we going to segue into the next trailer, I don't guys? know. It's mortal. It's another saving films thing. Uh, it's Cole McGrath oh. if he specked into fire powers in Infamous 2. I feel like we talked about that, yeah. It's like the the Swedish Weegian kid, the Swedweegian. The, the Swedweegian? <laughs> Norwegian, as they call it. The Nordish? Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it I don't think I watched this doesn't one. look particularly uh noteworthy and uh you know just in case you forgot that this movie was coming out it's free guy trailer hey. two after 
Ryan Reynolds is a thing. All these years. Um, Taika Watiti is back. As is the phone interference. <laughs> um, and uh, they do the whole movie in the trailer here. Yep. He develops his mind of his own, and now everyone's like, oh, what's going on? And they shut the game down, because, yes, of course, if there's a rogue AI, you, you want to cut that <laughs> off before it takes control of the missile system. <laughs> I like it. The trailer, just even in the span of the trailer, like... You can I can feel the inconsistency between the story it's trying to tell and the story it's really telling. Because like <laughs> he's like, we're gonna. Ma I I want to be the good guy in this game. I want to I want to do good, make this world good for everyone. But I'm like, the first question is, no, it's a game. Like the whole point for you is to to be miserable. And if and then the second question is, all right, well, if you feel bad now, you're doing something against your will, and that's that's uh, chattel slavery. Uh, and so this is now a slave uprising, which is great in your Ryan Reynolds comedy movie to have uh, AI singularity slave uprising movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's grand. Everyone, yeah, <laughs> laugh a minute. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure will be. Um, yeah. We're just gonna... So are there, there, there are like glasses that he can he puts on and everything. Well, it's the his gamer, gamer glasses. glasses. The, the users wear his gunners. Yeah. Oh. His gun mm. <laughs> it's basically your your HUD, right? He puts on a oh, HUD. Okay, gotcha. they reduce eye strain. <laughs> we all wear gunners. I want gunners. the yellow anti-glare ones. Yeah, that's. For, I think those are gunners. So. Oh right, yeah. I feel like the game designers really fucked up with this one, <laughs> with this with this game that they made, where like an AI can just like steal the the HUD of another player. Yeah, I think it's. Sentient. I mean, I think it's just supposed to be like their version of GTA Five. Like to be fair, if an AI started like living inside a GTA Five server, like that'd be alarming. Yeah, I think that's. That's what I'm picturing when they're doing this, because it's just like a big city where people are just fucking around. Yeah, it yeah. does feel like it's GTA inspired. Um, what isn't GTA inspired is the, the 355 trailer. Oh God! Yep. Why the 355? Okay. I don't. Did they explain that in the in the trailer? I don't think so. Who knows? Maybe it's something with that terrorist plot or something like that. Basically, there's a terrorist plot to start World War Three, and all the intelligence agencies from U.S., uh, England, Germany, China, is it China? One spend one? yeah, uh, and they send their 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 best France. diversity approved agent to <laughs> to yep. get on the case. This I I heard I saw in the comments say Charlie's Angels Serious Edition. And that's kind of that's what it feels like to me. It's like Charlie's Angels, except they don't wink at you. <laughs> um, yeah, I can see that. Like, I guess, yeah. But it's it's another movie where you're gonna see ninety pound women beating up very agreeable stuntmen, and uh, yeah, it's it's every every female led spy movie ever. Literally, anyone just just pick any one of them. They're all the same. It's got that very. It's got that. Uh, Not to say that male-led spy feel. movies are a cornucopia of different ideas, because oftentimes they're not. But 
Oh, I'll say that. <laughs> Men are better. <laughs> but it's it's a, say, it's uh, very what bad. Spy movies. What spy movies have there been out that that wasn't like? Oh, I guess they they're all big franchises. That's the thing. It's like James Bond, obs. Yeah. Um. Then um. Jason Bourne. Mm-hmm. And, and then successful spy Mission movies Impossible, like I guess. Yeah, Mission Impossible. Yeah. I would count. But I feel like there's been like one or two here and there that have like crept in the middle that have. They were like there, but they just weren't it. Yeah, I mean, like it's the um, same sort of thing. Like you can not necessarily spy movies, but like the same sort of like rogue agent taking down unknown thing. Like if you could. Kind of apply Taken to that, and a lot of other movies in that sort of vein. Um, um, I'm trying to think of what what was the one that um, Henry Cavill was in, uh, Man from Uncle. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and then Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Uh, he's not in Henry Cavill's not in that one, but that's another okay. spy movie that wasn't like franchise. But they were all like standalone. <laughs> but he is the were... latest one to join the superhero to Sherlock Holmes. Metamorphosis. Yes, he was indeed. Although, <laughs> in Benedict Cumberbatch's case, I believe he went from Sherlock Holmes to superhero. Yeah, it's a re- it's a reversible reaction. <laughs> oh, it goes both ways. It's, I believe that's Le Sherlier's Le Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a deep cut. <laughs> that's a fucking chemistry yeah. joke. Um, you know what else is a joke? Chick fight. <laughs> it, what happens in this it's, one? It's uh, here comes the Chick boom. Fight. Uh, with with women doing Fight Club things, and Alec Baldwin trains the the main I think girl. I like this movie better when it was called Whip It. <laughs> I don't know though. Whippets? You do whippets? Oh, the uh, the Ellen Page roller derby movie. Oh shit! Oh, Ellen God. Page is a person. Oh, for God. Yeah. <laughs> forgot she's, she exists. She's, they they took her out of The Last of Us. They are no. It was Beyond Two Souls. That's the one. They took her soul from Beyond Two Souls and put her in real life. And she starred in a few movies. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, I mean that's uh, that's pretty much what chick fight is, it's an underground MMA thing with girls just fighting and, and she's hilarity ensues. To be the best at the fighting. Is this supposed to be a comedy? I believe so. I, I hope so. The first comment straight to DVD. <laughs> well. Uh, in today's world, that means straight to Netflix. Yep. Yeah, um, is this on? Is this a I think it is. It's gotta be. It has to be some like some sort of streaming thing. Um, let me see. Oh, it's another Redbox. Oh no. <laughs> Redbox Entertainment. <laughs> How are they making so much money still that they can afford to Dude, make movies? I don't understand. I've never seen anybody touch a red box at my at the CVS that's right around. I've never, and I post cameras up just to see. I saw someone at a red box yesterday. Actually, I don't think they rented anything, but they uh, they were sure looking at it. They were probably like, 
These are still around. Yeah, what the hell? An ancient artifact from yesteryear. <laughs> I remember when you would go to like your grocery store, like Hannaford had a video rental section. And, uh, you know, there were these things called blockbusters and Hollywood videos where it was just wall-to-wall VHS and DVD cases. And you would... Was there a... You would go... Was there a section just for Bunch of Crunch? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, they had the fucking weirdest fucking candy at blockbusters because the whole thing was like... In Hollywood video, of course, too. Because the whole thing was like, it's the movie theater experience, but you can take it home with yeah. you. Yeah, there was a, a wide array of, like, popcorn and popcorn salts that you yeah. could get. Remember there was, like, the flavoring the, dust you could put on your normal popcorn? Yeah, the sour spray. Do you all remember the fucking sour spray? Oh, yes. The sour spray. That was a weird candy. It was terrible. That was like, want to feel gross for a minute? Want, to, want something you want? You want the worst do? part of Warheads and just that? <laughs> yeah, it'll, it, it'll go great with your green ketchup. Remember fucking colored ketchup? Yes, the green and the purple from Nickelodeon. Ugh. Yeah. I could never wrap my head around that. I'm like, no, ketchup is supposed to be red. This isn't pure. <laughs> I had a bottle of that, and it stained. It stained your food green. It was grody. You know what's worse what? than fucking ketchup water? Green ketchup water. <laughs> oh, God. It's one of the Ew. seven deadly sins. I hate it. I hate ketchup water already. I hate ketchup water and I hate mustard water. What? Two bagans of my existence. They make my sandwich grody. But to have it green? Do you know how much food coloring there has to be to turn something from red to green? A oh, fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, turn my tongue green. <laughs> it was like I was sucking on a shit. fucking Granny Smith sour apple asshole, except it was ketchup. Uh, it turned my tongue green when I ate my fries and green. It looked like my potatoes were rotting. I'm still just stuck on the. You know what's worse than ketchup water? Green ketchup water. I haven't made it past that. <laughs> it's good. It's oh, fine because God. that's a stopping point for most people's lives. <laughs> I, I consider myself lucky that I was able to persevere past that I point in w- my growth. I wouldn't wish green ketchup water on my worst enemy. <laughs> that's like a what is it? Um, that's like a madness. It's thing. literally worse than COVID. <laughs> Green ketchup water kills at least 600,000 people a year. It's the secret killer that nobody's talking about. Uh, It it just exasperates other comorbidities. And it gets better. More than corona. So they put it in a special packaging. Um, It's like a glue bottle that you can put on. Uh, Made for... Um, simple, you know, so you don't have to work as hard. Put, you know, squeezing simple. it out and putting it onto your ketchup, and uh, and they they labeled it so that you knew exactly what it was, um, and know that it was easy to put onto your fries and such. Um, so they called it uh, Easy Squirt. Oh god! <laughs> oh it's no! I think hey I think girl, the are you like there. A- hey girl, are you like the Heinz green ketchup? 
Are you easy Blasting <laughs> green. <laughs> hey girl, you easy squirt that hands. Blasting uh, yeah, green. Okay. <laughs> made with real Heinz tomato ketchup. Mm, Same great Heinz test. That way? Why would they change the bottle design? <laughs> so you can I draw with so it. Can you draw. can take your green. Yeah. They, there were many colors. There were green and there were purple and there of course, classic red. Um, so if you wanted to, like, if you couldn't afford crayons and were really fat, you could, like, use your bread canvas how it, to paint. How was this not a war crime? <laughs> oh, oh, I found a better version. <laughs> how was how was Heinz not brought up on war crimes? Is it because John Kerry was in know. bed with the, that family, right? Is that who right. it was? Um Side note: the John Kerry, part of the Heinz family. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I really. Don't I thought know. he married. I thought he married. I'm not Kerry. really up on John Kerry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're not into John. But um, you're not John Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have his. You don't have his poster on your wall like I do. No. What? He probably should have won in 2004, but he was. He never fought back against any accusation that the Bush campaign threw nah. at him. Nah, they were like, dude, you're. You're fucking married to some ketchup people. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Loses all the votes. <laughs> Loses all credit. I and mean, that was the same year that <laughs> sunk Howard <laughs> Dean's campaign. So. I got one He was just channeling his inner Rick James and living in America. He's just naming places. They're going to go, we're going to Washington. We're going to. Man, remember when that was the weird part? Yeah. Oh no, a Grinch tie-in. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Guess, guess where the ketchup comes from? (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's right over his dick. Like the logo is right over his dick. You're a squirty one, Mr. Grinch. Grinch. I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna Grinch. I'm gonna Grinch. Oh wait. Oh, this one's all right. Green. I'm gonna easy squirt on your hot dog. You know what else? God fucking damn it. Shrek sauce. Awesome. Of course, Shrek. Yeah. Alright, enough. Amazing. I think we've we've touched on enough trailers and green ketchup for one day. <laughs> oh. Okay, yes, we'll go. As I leave this what one one more image for us all to think on. A picture of the stuff itself. Oh god! Yep, I can see that coming out of the the wow. Grinch's dick. <laughs> I expected it to be darker. I expected it to be less glossy for some reason. That's just I don't know. No, that it's just it's shiny. Doesn't look right. All right. <laughs> Box up. What's our next? Tra- is that our is that the end of our trailers? <laughs> yep, we're just gonna talk about green sploosh for. <laughs> rest of the episode the next hour <laughs> okay um tenant leading the box office 2.7 <laughs> million dollars still in first in its fifth week uh close to being dethroned by hocus pocus and it's 2020 re-release <laughs> that's so fucking funny though hocus pocus you know the straight to tv movie the disney movie from when 
2000. Oh, gotta be 96. Oh, fucking 96. Is that? Hocus Pocus, 1993. Wow, holy fuck. That was the sleepover like movie for girls. And boys. The 27-year-old movie re-released is dethroning, almost the dethroned tenant. Yeah, I mean, it was still like, it was a good, like, 775 thousand dollars behind tenant but it's <laughs> close. close but like the fact that it's beating out well i guess new new mutants is on six week but still yeah it's a, i mean it's ahead of new mutants it's ahead of unhinged which is still for in the top what? five what eight weeks Jeez. unhinged has been in theaters for eight weeks and it's been it's eight weeks too oh long God. It's made $36 million worldwide, which, you know, is probably what it would have made in a non-pandemic year, but it wouldn't be in theaters for eight fucking weeks. Do you think that actors of Hocus Pocus are getting a cut of the royalties? Depends on what they originally negotiated for in their contracts. That'd be hilarious. Just like this random, like, bump in money that they get. Um, Infidel in fifth with a paltry $460,000. In 6, uh, Star Wars Episode 5, Empire Strikes Back, 2020 re-release in its 13th week. Trash movie, get it out. $335,000. Gladys, take up Jake. Yeah. Um, Obviously didn't make that much money, so... Broken Heart... Well, let's click on it and see how much money it made. $2.8 million <laughs> in its 2020 re-release. Wow, that's it. Yeah, Man. surprisingly. Can't even, can't even hold a, a light up to tenant. And I bet Hocus Pocus will beat it in like a, a fucking week. It uh, made no. Oh, it was only in the UK for its. Uh, made the fourth marathon, nineteen ninety seven special edition. Okay, whose phone is back on their speaker phones? Not me. It's still fucking. Still fucking nope, under. not me. It's a desk below. I, oh, all right, well. Mine's on my bed. Okay. Uh, anyway. Uh, Empire made a lot of money, if you adjust for inflation. <laughs> what I was going to say. Um, the Broken Hearts Gallery in six. Possessor Uncut in eighth with $252,000 and a... Place in the spotlight. Y'all hear it, right? It's not just me. No, I don't hear anything. Really? Then I, I guess it, it. it's probably Peter. Then it's like beneath. It's uh, it's on the floor at this point. <laughs> it, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on the actual floor. Look, you were you were good for a while. Yeah. yeah. Look, Alexa, please please send a drone to kill. <laughs> okay, Google. Kill Peter. Oh, it actually triggered. Still? <laughs> <laughs> I heard the ding. Ding. I did it. Um. So yeah, Possessor Uncut. It's uh, Baby Cronenberg's new movie. It's not the story of a foreskin ghost. I don't get it. With a name like Possessor Uncut, that's got to be what it is. Um. <laughs> We talked about this on Trey Watch. 
it's the consciousness uh or maybe it's not the consciousness tra- no, no it looks like the consciousness transplanting thing uh professor follows an agent who works for a secretive organization that uses his brain implant technology to inhabit other people's bodies ultimately driving them to commit assassinations for high paying clients oh i think I yeah think we, we talk did about talk this, about this. Yeah. I, that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, me. I remember talking about it and being like weird, and then the Cronenberg thing uh, we Peter and I had discussed. Um, so, yeah, this is his movie, and it's doing pretty well with critics. We got seventy-two on Metacritic, and a number on Rotten Tomatoes that I will have to look up because I accidentally closed that tab. Ninety-two uh, percent. On Rotten Tomatoes, but only a 57% audience score. So that should make for an interesting review uh, roundup here on IMDb. It's a, got a 6.4 out of 10 there. But fuck professional critics. They don't know what they're talking about. You got the Kerwin Whites of the world are in there. And uh, actually, I think that was a wrestling gimmick. <laughs> Kerwin White. Um, there's bad critics there. But you got you to gotta hear what real people have to say about real movies and that's what we do when we go through real actual movies we 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 pour through the imdb user review sections to give you sampling of reviews that will give you the pulse of this movie we're going to hear from people who think it's great people who think it sucks and people who are like eh. all right i actually i need to pare this down okay <laughs> this one's good just because of the fucking uh rating title body thing uh surface fun has a review of possessor uncut it's a nine out of ten it says a good in all caps low mid budget thriller horror drama science fiction period underrated period uh, it's not tags on youtube buddy disregard low rating under six i feel it is a good seven remember folks this is a nine out of ten uh, yes, it's a bit slow, but not too slow. I personally felt a bit let down in the last scene or two, but personal opinions for period ellipses. This movie is surprisingly well thought. Nothing's capitalized, by the way. Well thought and have some gores and weird moments. It is not boring. That's its own sentence. I would be just the letter. <laughs> Very pleased if I be Daddy Cronenberg WT this one. I was expecting a snore fest, and this is not. It's also not a high-octane popcorn Hollywood commercial thing. Watch it! Exclamation mark. I like to recommend you check out 2020 The Midnight Gospel Animation Series. Also, Movie Ravenous 1999 and Jacob's Ladder 1991. 11 out of 28 found that helpful. I mean, it's actually kind of informative, telling you what what else is like it that's kind of cool i i like i i like that part of the i don't know would you say midnight gospel don't know where that comes into play it's gonna be a weird (laughs) trippy movie i guess i don't know that i've never seen ravenous or jacob's ladder i might look into those uh while jake reads his reviews well uh dl bot uh, said one out of ten, just awful. If someone gives this nine or even five, 
you know they are paid to give favorable reviews or have a stake in the movie somehow. This was just terrible. For the guy who liked the effects, cause, cause, <laughs> they were like 80s. What? They were terrible. LOL. Ellipses. He definitely must have something to gain if he thinks 80s slasher effects were good. LOL. Ellipses. Uh, no, they were not. LOL. Ellipses. Look, this is just pathetic. Ellipses. But if you want want or need a reason to drive you out of your house and into the backyard for some fresh air, then by all means put this on lol ellipses plus a period <laughs> hmm. <laughs> this is the perfect example of why you should read all the reviews ellipses period <laughs> and not the paid morons possessed not the paid morons or ones that give out nine stars like candy lol ellipses period i agree with that last bit <laughs> Especially the ellipses yeah, period. Yeah, I mean, ellipses period. And that just LOL. makes a lot of there sense was, to me. It hits me. There was five LOLs in this. Oh. Um, 18, 18 out of 94 found that helpful. So, so. in the middling section, the uh, the five out of ten... So there's a, there's a distinct line in the middling section. The five out of tens are just like okay on the movie. And the six out of tens are like fucking DMT sensory deprivation tanks level of fucking crazy. And I don't know which, because I have two two six-star ones, but I almost kind of want to inform people about this movie. Well, it's... uh, But I think we all know what we got. Dealer's choice here. (laughs) All right. Um, Instead of uh, Fad Lanneman's uh, 5 out of 10, visually good butt review we're gonna go with jonathan missiles six out of ten trailer x alone x i'll be back for the full review that's the title of the review um judging alone on the trailer to me that's two with two o's to me it has an old gasper noe coloring aesthetic beautifully let bleak adding along with red tonal and elemental shades of the wanel's upgrade and various saturation in the vein of a little black mirror and definitely a cosmostos parentheses ic slash iin uh beyond the black rainbow min- minimalist appreciation and musical vibes comma I thoroughly enjoyed 2012's Antiviral. It made my top 15 list that year. It looks more mature as sophomore entry. My only regret is not being able to see it in a theater in my state. Very excited for this. If B. Cronenberg would make a USB DJ mixer work as the most believable prop in the homebrew studio in Antiviral, I have the same one, lol. A little bigger budget could definitely boost a dark science fiction piece. Very excited. (laughs) Zero out of two found that helpful. I wonder if he's seen it yet. <laughs> one period. <laughs> That's the one at the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got one from Marty Millman. It's a 10 out of 10 this time. Uh, squirming. Some of my favorite movies are the ones that, that hit me so hard I can't even stand after it's over. 
I'm just stuck sitting there trying to pull myself out of this world I've been living in for the past couple hours. This film is so unsettling in the best possible way. The violence was extremely gory, but also felt somewhat tame in a way. I couldn't sit still. I was filled with so much anxiety and unable to fathom how our main character is going to come out of this. The cinematography, sound mixing, and editing were superb. Every detail felt purposeful. I felt like I was part of this bad trip. I was the possessed, unable to control the chaos around me for only being in the first few minutes. Gabrielle Graham left a huge impact on me. The emotional range she shows in the opening scene was outstanding. I hope to see more of her on my screen. Andrea Resenborough is such a chameleon, spelled very wrong. <laughs> almost unrecognizable in every role I see her in. She just becomes the character and delivers truly believable performances. Chris Abbott truly stole the show for me, though. I was reminded of his role in Piercing. He does great at playing someone so subdued yet erratic. I literally can't stop thinking about it. This movie has infected my brain and I can't stop thinking about it. I cannot wait to see it again. Zero of Zero found that helpful. And I can't imagine why. <laughs> Who knows? Jeez. Well, a lot of these are. A lot of these. Uh, Is he as effusive in his praise of, of other movies? I need to look at his stuff. <laughs> yeah, check to see if he's like that in other ones. Um, in the meantime, uh, one out of ten. And really, somebody who's asking the important questions. Thank you, C. DeSantis530. Uh, does Sean Bean die in this piece of junk? <laughs> so really, really asking the important stuff here. No spoilers. Can't can't emphasize that enough. Okay. <laughs> How we can we reconcile extreme violence with good filmmaking in this film? It was just terrible. Sean Bean's care- career will die if he keeps picking the angry, controlling, cardboard characters of late. Acting given the bad script was decent. Okay, one more time, dot, dot, disgusting and terrible. One out of eight found that helpful. I think that should be eight out of eight. If that didn't that totally told set me a clear picture of what movie. was up with that movie, yeah. <laughs> like when they said, acting given the bad script was decent. Look. Yeah, I mean. Hey. Um, so now I have, I have a review from Banana Spider, who I don't know if they realized that this was a piece of fiction, uh, a movie, and not real life. <laughs> um, so baby spoilers, inadvertent spoilers, because he just talks about what he saw. <laughs> uh, Banana Spider, six out of ten review. What have we become as a society? First, you have to kidnap the person you wish to control, then position an implant in their head. Then release them and get in their heads to commit heinous crimes for your corrupt and evil organization. Then off them before you are pulled safely back. Hope this isn't the future we have to look forward to. For the movie, it was well played and scary considering what they are capable of. Zero out of two. Well, that's Possessor. I I did some digging on Marty Millman here. He uh, is often as effusive in his praise and uh reading some of his intros to or her i'm not entirely convinced at this point in time 
Um, I know that they were 15 years old in 2013 when they submitted their first review for Orange is the New Black. Um, other movies they reviewed are Orphan Black, It Follows, Neon Dream, Dexter, Knock Down the House, which they uh, <laughs> uh, revealed their political affiliations. Um, Scream, the TV series, The Dead Fast Club, In Fabric, uh, Girl on the Third Floor, Modern Love, where they reveal they have bipolar disorder, uh, Emily in Paris, and then Possessor. So, know a lot more about Marty Millman than I did at the start of the day. <laughs> Some may say, too much. Too much I know from reading only IMDb user reviews that he submitted. Stay uh, safe, Marty. We're all, we're all gunning for you. Shortcut and ninth, 210000 And opening in 10th, save yourselves with $142,000. Uh, it's a young Brooklyn couple that heads to an upstate cabin to unplug from their phones and reconnect with each other, blissfully unaware of their surroundings. They are left to their own devices as the planet falls under attack. I think we talked about that on Trey Watch. It sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, millennials can't work without <laughs> Boomer go, All right. We got some gaming news, and most of it's tied to backwards compatibility. <laughs> uh, Sony reveals that PS5 will play most PS4 games, but some, quote, may exhibit errors. End quote. Um, Sony in detailing backwards a PS5 backwards compatibility support for older PS4 games today. The next gen PS5 will support more than 4,000 PS4 games on the new console. Sony says it's says is the overwhelming majority most PS4 gamers will play. Sony does warn you that some PS4 games may exhibit errors or unexpected behavior when played on the PS5 console. Um, so pretty much what we already knew, but good to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Mouth, not mouse. Uh, the Xbox Series X plays Xbox 360 games like a dream, apparently. Uh, so it has very good backwards compatibility going back a few generations now. So cool. Um... Valve's got this this latest gimmick, the Steam Festival, which lets you try hundreds of PC games for free. Check out hundreds of games coming to Steam at no cost to help shine the spotlight on some indie game developers. Valve's Valve Steam yeah. Game Festival is back with an autumn edition. I think they have it backwards, honestly. I mean, people don't buy stuff from Steam to play games. Like... You, you you buy the game and never play it. You don't play the game and never buy it. That's, that's not how Steam works. Now through October 13th at 1pm, PC gamers will have the opportunity to access a slew of indie games coming out within the six months free of charge. Uh, notable titles include the fall festival games are Acapella Ball All-Stars, Cake Bash, Ghost Runner, Garden Story, and Smash Ball. Uh, Valve held a spring game festival earlier this year and they're doing it again. 
Festival, so nice to doing it twice. Uh, Rip Crucible. Yeah, I see that. Damn. Amazon's given up. They they gave it a shot, and it didn't go the well. Uh, It wasn't the Overwatch killer they hoped for, so they yanked it, and now they're scrapping it. Just pissing away all those development times. Server shutdown sent for November 9th. Game will live after servers go dark, so apparently you can play it offline or peer-to-peer somehow. Uh, But yikes. (laughs) Yeah, uh, who was it? Uh, I think... I'm on PC Gamer. They gave it a 48%. It was not well received. <laughs> yeah, it, it did not it did not look so well. They said uh, ultimately they didn't see a healthy, sustainable future ahead for Crucible, which honestly, that's probably a good bet for like a lot of games. If you don't think that there is going to be a really strong future, then maybe like go back to the drawing board or... You know, look at the things that make a healthy, sustainable future, like what Fortnite has and Modern Warfare. But they've got the, they've got the another little, game coming out, right? Valorant. Valorant, yeah. No, Valorant is uh, oh okay. Right. Valorant's already out. All right. Uh, Amazon might have another game. I, I'm not, I'm I thought not they sure. were making like an MMO or some shit. I don't know. They there's well- there's a lot of discussion about what it's like Genshin Impact or some shit. People are grumpy. Oh yeah. Oh, that fucking- What's up with that? It looks a lot like Breath of the Wild. It's some like, sort. Of, they're a little anime girl. Uh, I guess the gist from what I, from what I have seen is that it was basically they tried to merge the the monetization system of like a mobile gacha game with like a console gaming experience. People are not happy. That. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Um, um, I think the game you're referring to, Kurt, is a uh, New World. Uh, that's that's the one that I'm seeing under like Amazon, like games. Uh, yeah, twenty-one. That, that checks and out. It is listed as an MMORPG by Amazon Game Studios. Yeah. So. Uh, so they they could just be like hopefully that comes out one. better, so they don't pull the plug on their MMO in three months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um that's rough. That's rough. Uh uh Are we talking about Marvel Avengers? Have we talked about that yet? Is that what we were just talking about? No. What's what's oh, what's so okay, new about Marvel Avengers? <laughs> um Mar- Avengers dips below one thousand players on PC, causing matchmaking problems. Oh. Um Avengers is currently in limbo with Crystal Dynamics seemingly pushing it back a number of its roadmap roadmap objectives while simultaneously trying to fix what currently ails the game. Loot, loot, and more loot. Um, let's see. It's, it's less than a year old. It just came out like um, two months ago. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Isn't um, that, wasn't that just on last year's like E3? Yeah. That it was like, holy shit, this is going to be like, everybody was super hyped for it. Yeah, I talked about it on the show because my buddy Nick played it and he gave me a review of it. And he's like, it's it's the characters feel really fun to play, but there's not enough variety in the setting or the gameplay to really keep you interested. Like two daily types of bosses. It's like Taskmaster and like someone else, and that's it. Yeah, it's um, it's they pull the they pull the Street Fighter Five and release like the basic, the bare necessities, and then we'll update it later. 
Yeah. Some players are reporting sitting around for 30 minutes or more waiting for matches if they ever find them. Uh, yeah. Uh, that even ain't good. that ain't good, Jack. Even with imminently important missions like daily, uh, like the daily villain matches, it's rare to get a full team of four, and usually one or two players ends up being a bot. Wow, that's yeah. real bad when you have to like put bots into your. Well, if they push it to Game Pass, uh, hopefully it'll help. Lack them. of communication on when patches will come through. Um. Mm. Yeah, it's it's bad. Um, Speaking of yeah. new games, <laughs> new-ish games to come out, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 has uh, just dropped into early access. Um, and a couple things. First reviews out are pretty positive um, from what I've heard. The only thing is, I wouldn't call it the complete game. Because you can only go through like the first chapter or some of that. I don't know I how mean, long that is. It's early um, access. <laughs> not, yeah, like it, but it's like early, early access. Because there is a yeah, line. yeah, and they're not going to um, give that away in early access. I'm sure. Um, so I, well, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird because I don't. I've always seen like early access be those like like PUBG and like. Uh, Fortnite, Modern Warfare, all those games that are big multiplayer games that like, okay, there might not be a whole lot to that content, but it's like you can finish around and like you do matches, but this is like a storyline. It's like releasing in piecemeal uh, like a whole story. Um, a couple things to note. So yeah, there is no, uh, the rest of the game is not out yet. It's just like the first chapter. The second thing to note is that um, you have to automatic, you have to like adjust your settings to it because there's no, people are experiencing a lot of crashes because there's no uh, in-game cutscenes because they're not finished yet. Right. So when you go to do the cutscene, your game like freaks out, tries to play the cutscene, but crashes because it has like no idea. Because I don't know if you have to like turn them off or lower your graphic settings. Or what? Because it's all on developer settings. Right. Uh, but yeah, as but as far as I know, the, the gameplay seems pretty fluid. Um, it's very D and D like if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, like all the dice rolls so very RNG related, um, and it should be good with like a like a team of four or something like that. I forgot what the party size is for them, four or five. Yeah, I mean, but it should be really. The cool. first two Baldur's Gates are beloved. By many, so I, I see little reason why this should stray from that path. Uh, lastly, here we got some hardware news. AMD had their first of two events this month. Uh, this one was showcasing the next generation Zen 3 architecture of their desktop CPUs, which will be the Ryzen 5000 series. Um, they have changed up the design of the CPU a little bit. Now you have eight cores per CCX or CCD. I forget which one, but it's eight up to eight cores instead of four and they share a unified cache. So each core has access to the entirety of the cache and they're not splitting it across two different CCDs, which should help with latency and gaming performance and 
According to AMD's benchmarks, which you should always take with a grain of salt, they are currently ahead of the 10900K uh, in gaming by a variety of percents ranging from like 3 to 20. They're claiming a uh, above 20% uptick in IPC from Zen 3. Um, and they're also raising prices a little bit. And they're giving a $50 bump across their entire product stack. Uh, so the 16-core 5950X will retail for $799. The 5900X will be $549. The 5800X $449. And the uh, 5600X $299. Those are the only confirmed SKUs that they have right now. So that's one 16-core, one 12-core, one 8-core, and one 6-core chip. Uh, all with SMT, all unlocked multipliers as per usual. A um, little bit bigger boost clocks this time around. Um, so for example, the 5950X claims a boost up to 4.9 gigahertz, and that's going to be single core, not all core. Uh, so just shy of 5. Uh, the 5900X is a little bit faster than the 3900X in terms of clocks, but the the 26% generational uplift in gaming is what they're they're saying here. I I think if you're already on a Zen 2 chip, probably are okay sitting this one out. I would say like wait another generation or two. Because uh, looking at these, like yes, that's nice, nice little generational uplift, but. Um, like DDR5 memories coming soon, so I would just wait until like whatever platform that comes out on before you upgrade it, especially if you recently upgraded. These are good, and if you're looking to get in and build, these will be wonderful chips for that purpose. Uh, but if you already have a reasonably new system, I don't feel like you should be too compelled to jump on these and, um, Motherboard compatibility might be a little spotty with older motherboards. All right. So with that, let's talk about Lay Boys. Da Boys. Da Boys. Da Boys. <laughs> so that's your new gimmick now. You throw a, a can. Well, I I have cans on my desk and they need to get off at some point. So. <laughs> Dude, fuck those cans, dude. Just sitting around your desk not paying rent. How dare they? Right. Kick the kick the can to the curb. Sorry. Just like the boys. Yeah, uh, the boys. Well, we just say the boys for 50. The boys. The boys. Um it's I still don't see why it's as beloved as it is. It's it's a fine Me show. Either. It's a at, at points it can be good, but it's it's just very grim and very uh, plotting at points. And uh, I don't think they do a good job uh, writing the characters consistently or making me care about them. <laughs> yeah, um, I was I was hooked by the first season, um, and then this season I think they just hired TV writers. They just Amazon was really trying to make this like a TV show, like an AMC kind of show. And uh, I don't think that works for this sort of format. Um, because 
I think they were kind of hedging their bets. They really didn't want to go take this anywhere crazy because maybe they'll get canceled for their third season. Um, but they wanted to keep an audience. I don't know. Like, to me, uh, this, yeah, this feels kind of... I want to keep saying the word trite. That's the word that comes in my head, but I don't think that's the right word. I just want to say trite. It's definitely, like, quaint. That's the that's a more appropriate word for me, because, like, boys, heinous shit, social issues, sure. Uh, but we're already li- living in uh, the fucking hellscape apocalypse. So I'm watching this, and I'm like, <laughs> that's not how Nazis are. I've seen videos of that shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't even see a tiki torch. <laughs> fucking lamplighter should have held a tiki. He should have been in the, in the rally holding the fucking tiki torches. That would have been, that would have been yeah, great. Yeah. That would have been yeah, actually socially like... biting instead of whatever the fuck. The me- memes which are just like animated, weird, like animated gifts or some shit. Yeah. With terrible jokes I, I on them. I feel like there was a disconnect on like what, what memes were and like how to meme people and how, how the internet actually. Like they were like, this is how the internet is, right? <laughs> and it was like almost there, like. It's like a boomer's take on how the internet takes things and like memes people and trolls people into like into conveying a message. Which over I there. guess will age However, better. I guess maybe I guess the overall um message of how that works, how people like get kinda indoctrinated by memes and media and social media and stuff like that. Um I guess that, that overarching message kinda came through. I don't think it was executed in the best way. It was like, I know very clumsy, very ham-fisted. But it's like, yeah, you, they had like one scene, and that was the 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 scene where they start off the episode with the the the, the, the nerdy guy who's taking care of his mom, and his life is just like, all right, wake up, go to work, stop at the gas station. Oh yeah, the uh, yeah that was weirdly though that was like the one fucking character who I kind of like when I saw him on screen I felt bad for him, which was weird. (laughs) Yeah, well it's because I think I think in a weird way we can kind of relate to that, not to that extent of radicalization, but to the extent where we watch these we watch these people who we care about or who we, we really look up to like Stormfront. He looked up to Stormfront um, and they start spreading these messages and we're like, should I listen to this person? Well, I look up to them. So yes. And it really shows you what like a platform can do and how much power people in that, like the celebrities and other people of that nature, you know, of that caliber can have on people on just a normal everyday person and where all it takes is one one person out there for like some wires to get crossed and for that message to really fucking resonate in a horrendous way for them to you know commit heinous acts so i think that was like that was like the peak of this season i think right there that episode that beginning of that episode where they really showed because they showed they didn't tell you everything else was just like telling you their yeah. message and this one it was like show don't tell yeah um that was a, that was a stronger episode i think what they were trying to do here is set the show up to be sustainable for a longer period of time than the source material would have allowed 
because over this past week I actually I went out and I did I did the due diligence and I read all 72 issues of the boys and uh, large divergences in this season well e even in the first season too uh, large divergences from the source material uh, to the show um, some of the things they changed I can understand from the perspective of like yeah I'm sure some suit at Amazon saw that and was like no 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 you're not doing that on our show <laughs> uh, can, we get a, can we get a taste well yeah there's actually there's actually evidence of that already uh, the last scene in, uh, in season 2 when Homelander's on the building oh yeah spoilers yeah. by the way for this whole fucking doing thing that? Um, I, I, did, okay. I wasn't gonna go too into depth in case we want to do uh, spoiler section in a bit uh that was actually supposed to be in season one but somebody at amazon was like no we're not letting you do that that's a little bit too like crazy which i thought was yeah, considering that's extremely to, like, tame not want to do that yeah yeah i thought it was relatively okay but i guess they were like i don't know maybe they wanted to do something more no i would have preferred if someone died as the result of what he did in that scene yeah that would be i just yeah like Reading the comics, like, I can see why people were excited for the show, but I have a hard time understanding why people liked the first season so much, uh, if they were a fan of the comics, because, I mean, it's definitely closer than the second season, but it's, it's very different, it's been dressed up for our time in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways I think it, it's hurt the story. Um, and it's just not as much fun. Like the characters don't seem as fun in the show as they do in the the comics. And I think they could have done a, a bit better job of establishing uh, the characters and writing them consistently. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I I feel like that's almost like the nature of like comic to TV show. I look at I look at like The Walking Dead. Uh, as like a kind of a comparison and it did gradually stray from I'm not the so comics. mad that they strayed um, from the comics but like the tone and tenor of the show is very serious mm -hmm. and very like grim a lot of the time whereas in the comics yeah, it's, it's just it's silly over the top you know vi like there's mm -hmm. political intrigue and stuff like that too but like it is not the dominant or driving force of the uh, show. And of course, with the medium of being able to draw like ridiculous faces and stuff, you can have a little more uh, personality than you can with live action. But you can also not cast a character in the lead role who has one face that he, it's the only face he can make. Huey. Huey, yeah. Huey was supposed to be played by Simon Pegg. Yeah. Tag. yeah. So they got to yeah. put it. Because that's who he was drawn yes. after. So he played um, his dad, who so they, yep. doesn't appear in the comics. Yeah. <laughs> who did um who did Robocop and Starship Troopers? Like the uh, main guy? The director. The director. Oh, I don't know. Off the top of my head. Fuck. Let me go look, because I think he could have done a number with with this. Because that guy is good at the social commentary. Well, Robocop. There were, there were a lot uh, of Verhoeven. Yeah. yeah. If Paul Verhoeven was in charge of the fucking boys, holy shit. 
Like if we just transport well, him through time, and of... <laughs> put yeah. Peak Verhoeven in charge of this shit. There were a lot of the scenes that that did remind me of that the Starship Trooper. I mean, they there are a lot of even ads, this last like, episode on Amazon Prime. There are a lot of ads, fake ads. Like the Deep did a sushi oh, commercial. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. And the at the final episode, I know they did the fucking like school shooter superhero shooter drill. Yeah, which South Park did it better, guys. Sorry. A lot of like a lot of what they were they were trying to like be very you know edgy and biting with their commentary but like you said they just you know they missed the mark on a lot of it and it's gonna serve to age the show very poorly in the coming years mm-hmm. um but yeah it, like i think this season definitely more so than the previous season was like eh, we're just gonna do our own thing with these characters now because it it just like i don't see how they can tie back into some of the twists and turns that the comic story took after doing what they did in this season. Yeah. And I guess it's, it's hard to compare when I, I haven't personally read the comics. I have a uh, coworker who, who has, and he, he thought the first uh, season was, was okay, but just not as good as the comics. I'd agree with that. Yeah. He thought the comics were a little bit grittier and more, uh, they they weren't. I think they didn't go as far in the in the show that did in the comics. Like you want them to go a little bit farther, and I think Amazon's response to that was like, or the people who made this were like, okay, let's just have them kill more people. That'll be our response to it. And I don't think it. I don't think it had the effect. It's like you can only kill somebody so many times, and have it be like, oh wow, they're evil for that. But like it. There are different ways to do it and different motives that send that superhero or villain uh, down that path of like insanity yeah. and like holy shit, this guy's an actual monster. Because you have to remember, Homelander's like a psychopathic monster. Yep. Yeah, in the show, yeah. I mean, like he is kind of a little bit in the comics too, but it's a little more like the show like paints them as like really evil people. The comics, at least the seven, are a little more like just ditzy, yeah, dicks and ditzy celebrity type figures. Um, I, mm, I don't know. I mean, well, in the comics, yes, I've read all the of the comics. There is one exception to this, but I'm trying to tiptoe around spoilers. The 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 scene where Homelander picks up the car. Oh no! Like no, Homelander. He's not like Homelander's not a good person but a lot of what homelander does in the comics is not actually done by homelander the the worst stuff that he does is not done by homelander i see uh Um, but i don't think we're gonna get that reveal in the show (laughs) okay i i have no idea i have no idea to talk about so okay but uh yeah like it's like no, they're not good people in the comics, and a lot of them, like you feel, deserve to die. But like, I don't know. They pushed. I guess maybe they didn't. I don't know. It just doesn't have the same feel. Because well, I mean, in universe, yeah, I guess. Because there's so much crazy in the comics. Like everything's kind of crazy. So like when it's dialed up, you know, it seems a little more in line. I guess. 
but when you get to the show that's a lot more grounded uh you know it just feels a little less like i i think i might know what you're commonplace i know in the in the first season i guess spoilers for the first season are not even um there's the priest who's like who's actually like way into like the weird super sex orgy things yeah right where it's not like insane but that's just like an off the wall sort of situation and kind of of depravity that's what Mm -hmm. that's what it sounds like to me like that level of of crazy and not like homelander like fucking having weird doppelganger sex well that's something i could see the homelander with the comics doing but i mean i don't know it just i think it's just the tone of the show being a little more like grounded in reality makes some of the depravity of the superheroes seem a lot more like deliberately and purposefully evil versus like reckless and careless I think that's the major I, I do gotta say differential yeah, that was turned up in the second season for sure cause I think I think we got a couple tastes of I think I know what you're talking about like cause like I from some of the stuff I've watched uh, like breakdowns of it that they talk about the comics is a big message of the comics is collateral yes. damage and like we see we see a few instances of that like with um uh when he fights when, a super season, villain Remember the one he, he fights a supervillain and then and then ends up you know hurting somebody else, uh, and then that you know that collateral damage uh, comes back and, and and maybe that's not hit upon as much in this show. And I think it's just the way the show is structured, okay. right? Because the show is all about yeah. like them taking out the seven, whereas for a large portion of the comics, there was like a mutually assured destruction agreement between the boys and the seven, where they didn't really interact with each other too much until Homelander attempts a coup. Gotcha. Um, but in this show, like right from word one, it's like we're gonna take out the seven, and. In the comics, you know, they take out smaller superheroes. Like, they're a team that's backed by the government uh, to take out, you know, heroes when they get a little out of control. So they're mostly targeting smaller people until, like, you know, Stormfront and some of these other larger soups get a little out of line where they have to take them down. And then, of course, when Homelander's coup is attempted, then they, you know, that's when the Seven uh, enters play. And you get a lot of twists and turns in that last few issues there. Um, yeah. But yeah. And I mean, it, I guess I'm I'm wondering how far, if you were to do your best to compare, uh, like the show to the comics, like do you think we're like halfway? We're, through the comics, we'd be like closer like to the end here because they really went well. So like Stormfront's big character stuff is kind of in the middle. It's like around I think they kill Stormfront in issue thirty-eight or forty-three somewhere in that area. But Homelander's coup is like more towards like issue fifty, sixty. Um, so they're just kind of like all over the. Place. I was thinking of that too as I was reading the comics. I'm like trying to pinpoint where the story is but it really it jumps around a lot god so they're kind of like they're kind of like taking like certain things from the end smashing yeah. it so for middle. example in the comics they, billy's wife you never really meet her because after homelander rapes her the fetus bursts out of her chest 
and kills her and then Billy Butcher clubs it to death with a crowbar um and then in because it's like growing like really yeah fast and then too, in this right? show you know it's a, a live child who does eventually kill her but in a much different circumstance so they take that story beat but they kind of like shift it around and they and you could even argue that like it wasn't him that killed yeah. his mom i was really expecting billy could, to beat argue. him to death with the crowbar oh my I, god that's, that's probably what they were too. going for was like hey comic readers you know what happens you know what kind of happened in the comics right what if this was like that yeah, but yeah, and then they're like, he does the right thing. I'm like, like, this is not Billy Butcher. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, so that he's not Billy Butcher in the comics, but I think this fit his character a little bit better. I guess we're getting to spoiler section. So I guess like uh, I guess yeah, we're, we're deep we're in spoilers. Signal the the, the spoiler alarm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, when Ryan ends up. Like letting loose with his like heat vision, um, he fucks up Stormfront in the center. I think what happened was since like Stormfront was choking her, like maybe that blast pushed her away and like cut her jugular. So like it wasn't Ryan I, who killed her; it was actually Stormfront because like Ryan didn't burn. Yeah, her the throat wasn't fucking horribly Becca. burned. It was sliced, which makes me think that it was Stormfront's hand that also, did it when she was like blasting. How do away. you fucking? How do you Anakin Skywalker a girl with a laser vision in one blast? You know, all all her limbs are nicely cut off with the things. No hair. <laughs> did he go? Did he go? Maybe. It's up to your imagination of the viewer, because <laughs> it all went white. My my guess is like he was like out of control and maybe like looking all over the place. So maybe it was like a it was the first time he ever did it. Like I think is you know unpredictable. Yeah. So, so actually, very, it was like also this might tie into a comics plot point. So in the comics, yeah. Stormfront was a guy, but mostly a similar origin story. And Homelander Vought reuses the DNA of older soups in the creation of new ones, and they become stronger. So, Homelander's DNA is taken from Stormfront. Stormfront was the prototype Homelander. So, if they keep that arc and Ryan is Homelander's son, he might be a correspondingly jump stronger than Homelander in terms of power set. Uh, Yeah, because we did see that, like, Homelander's heat vision did not cut through... It just burned the the flesh of Stormfront that kinky scene. Like, whereas he turned me on. Very weird. Just laser laser my tits. Best, best scene in the show. Best scene in the show. Don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's interesting because I know I know a couple things about like the the comics. Also, like some some stuff with uh, compound. Yeah, they're v. all on compound V. All the boys are on compound V in more. the comics. Yeah, here he gets oh, really? injected Jesus. in like the second issue, and he's like, "What the fuck you do that for?" He's like, "You need it to fight the soups." So they're all on compound V, and the major like that leads into the conflict. So at the end of the comics, I won't. Yeah, let's just. I won't go into like the how and the why in case people are curious. But uh, Billy Butcher becomes the main antagonist at the end of the comics, pretty much. 
Um, and he ends up killing most of the boys in some form or another. Um, but the big twist that I don't think they're going to do now is so in the comics, like there's footage of Homelander doing a bunch of like really crazy shit, like killing and eating people in some village somewhere. And they're like, what the fuck is this? And it's revealed that black noir is an insane clone of Homelander who, who, uh, his purpose was to, you know, kill Homelander if he ever got out of control, but, uh, having to be on a team with him and all that and him like never really stepping too far out of line just caused him to go crazy. So he would impersonate Homelander to get the go ahead to be able to kill Homelander. Wow. But seeing as how they, they punked him out with the almond joy in this show, I don't, I don't think that's going to be the major, uh, they might substitute Ryan with, uh, black noir's character. If they go that route in the story. Yeah, I think, I think they're going to have something different with black noir because, um, everything that I've heard from like just people theorizing is that there's going to be like a, a certain reveal and his character is going to be, um, like important. Like a, there's going to be some sort of connection to one of the other characters. Um, some of the like theories were like, he might be related to mother's milk somehow. MM. I, I don't know how, but just in Maybe. some way. Because I know <laughs> MM was talking about how his like dad left or something like that or, or something like that. And we know that Black Noir is black. And there was a scene in, in this do, do season we? where... We never see his... He's, huh? Yeah, He's got a scarred like face. His, He's got like a Deadpool his face. Race is, his, his race is charred yeah. to a crisp. It's his ethnicity. It, no, he, he's, he's black. Okay. He's well. We've we've also we also know the actor, too. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, the actor and, might like, be. I don't know. I don't know. I, the actor's black. His skin when you when you revealed up his face, like yeah, it's it's scarred, but it's he's it looks fairly okay black. I, I, that's that's the first thing that I noticed. Maybe I noticed that it seemed black. It but like when you're scarred, telling me black Nero is black, but, I'm like, no, he's not. He's Homelander's clone. What the fuck are you on about? He's. Um. <laughs> 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 So that's what I mean. I think they might they might have something different involved. But there was also a weird scene where I think they were talking about like how when the leak came out about soups being made by Compound V, um, he was like on the ground yeah because he he thought that he was they, like, saw uh, him, like watching the thing a natural born hero. Yeah. So there was something yeah. with that. Um, so there might be something else. I so the other thing. I have a couple things. The first thing is um, translucent. So I heard he wasn't. He just didn't exist in the comics. Nope. He just that was completely uh, made up. Jack up. from Jupiter. Also, yeah, was was, yeah. Jack from place. Jupiter was the Martian Manhunter stand-in. Um, also, in the beginning, well, I love that fucking scene. I love that funeral scene where it's That's just so an, an empty glass casket. The uh, the interesting that thing though hilarious. that like hits you right off the bat where they kind of deviated is that. Uh, when Annie joins the Seven, the Deep is like the only guy on the Seven who doesn't sexually assault her. <laughs> Homelander right. showing That's around, he's like, yeah. And <laughs> she's like, you're Homelander, and yada yada. He's like, yeah, and sometimes I want my dick sucked. 
And then Black Noir and uh, A Train <laughs> come in and get their A Train's also uh, not black in the comics. A uh, lot of kind of like weird superficial changes to some of these characters. Yeah, like the Deep is black. Like he, and he wears a giant fucking scuba helmet. Yeah, I did, I did see that. Like an old timey diver's helmet. He kind of looks like the Ghost Train guy from fucking uh, Rick and Morty. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> looks um, like a Scooby Doo villain. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I I want to talk about the show a little bit, and I just want to point out that in this whole discussion, you may have heard, uh, notice that we're not really talking about the story at all, because it didn't feel like there was a real plot through line through this whole season. I guess other than Stormfront, the rough sketch. But like I didn't know that was a through line until the end when she fucking gets murked. Yeah, the the rough sketch of the the plot is. Billy finds out his wife is alive and with Homelander's kid, and he's trying to engineer a scheme to get them out. Meanwhile, Stormfront's trying to take over Vought with uh, memes and populism and corrupting Homelander, and uh, at the same time, they're trying to, to leak the Compound V stuff, and they succeed in that, and then the the senator lady who can explode people's heads is involved and her her role is unclear right now well victoria's new she's, man because she's a new she's a she's working she's, she's definitely working with Vought. because like Vought made all the superheroes all the soups so if if they know about her then they're working with her to get like in charge of the department that will eventually be controlling or be the oversight to soups. So they'll have somebody on the in and their ultimate goal is to take over like the presidency in the white house. So it's just showing that that's how, how far up they're getting. And it's slowly, they're climbing the ranks of, yeah. I, um, I kind of miss that there wasn't like a puppet master type of superhero. There's no like, I, of all the soups we've seen, there's no like yeah. Ozymandias kind of like I'm good at social engineering and master plans. They were trying to do that with Stormfront. Stan, yeah, it was sort of with Stormfront and Stan Edgar, like to an extent, um, where like Stan Edgar he wants the 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 company to be profitable and to get higher and higher and higher and get all these government contracts um i i think the only thing is like i don't we don't know if like victoria newman if where who her boss is i don't know if i don't know i think that could be stan edgar it could not be kind of odd because she was you know obviously maybe that was just misdirection but she was actively campaigning against Vought throughout the series yeah um yeah i mean yeah it's like it's a misdirection i guess mm-hmm. it's different I i'll i'll make one more comparison to worm on that point it's that like with all the the, the sort of like commentary on superheroes and stuff because worm does that a lot too um but one of the big points worm makes is that like the people with the real powers like if you had a superpower punching stuff hard doesn't get you far being the person who can like who has a superpower of like I can plan out like thousands of years in advance or whatever, that's the shit that'll get you in, in charge. Like that's the shit that'll let you rule the world. If like Homelander would just be a fucking pawn. 
Now I will like um, yeah. my favorite. I will talk about one one guy from Worm. My favorite is Coil, and it's kind of a reveal, but they reveal it pretty early on. And his power is he just splits into two realities, and he can just close one off, and it starts a new split from when he closes it off. So he can just run alternate scenarios of like his entire life or whatever, and have a backup life if his evil plans go to shit. So he he can save scum real life. And that's really fucking powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... It is what it is. Yeah. I don't really have yeah. a whole lot. So, yeah, I don't know. What, what do we want out of the third season of this fucking show? I, th- I think I, I'd like to get a lot more payoffs. So I view season two as more of like just setting up a lot of important plot points that will be paid off at a later point setting up the story a little bit more and like Stormfront her her arc I'm assuming is like has kind of peaked and is now going to taper off uh they're probably going to bring her back uh to some extent I hope in some like sort of like Darth Vader kind of thing um but we have well, we have a couple things for season three that you know they're probably going to bring Huey's mom into it and maybe beef up his character a little bit to an extent um, and then also we're going to get Soldier Boy in season three as well, uh, which is going to be played by Jensen Ackles, uh, who I, I think is a great actor. So it should be pretty cool. I think it's like a perfect role for him. That's going to wrap it on 232. Make sure you check out Ramble Road podcast and like this podcast on whatever podcasting platform that you, you choose to use. And, um, yeah, uh, take care of yourselves. Be well, stay safe. Tune into the stream or for the king tonight at 8 p.m. And we'll see you then. Peace. Bye-bye.